This is Melanie Ake. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Ashkan Aref, an aspiring stage and screen actor that teaches us the lesson of tenacity and how you can apply this in your own life and begin living your life with purpose. There are many people to thank for the visibility of the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 new Airstream mobile podcast studio. Christie's Design and Sign, located in Greenwood, Indiana, is one of the companies. We chose to include Christie to help us create the right messaging and visibility for our new mobile studio. Christie's Design and Sign can help you with your graphic and messaging needs for many projects. If you want a company that goes above and beyond for your business needs, Choose Christie's Design and Sign. I'm really excited to share what's happening at Everyday Leaders. Go to everydayleaders.com. Subscribe to my website where you can learn strategies to become a leader in your own life. On the everydayleaders.com podcast page, you can connect to the guest of the 2019 Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit and listen to your favorite episodes of the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Now, if you're ready to take the next step and become a leader in your own life, go to my Everyday Leaders store, select the Life Strategies courses, corporate strategy workshops, or even personal coaching. Go to everydayleaders.com, subscribe, and keep up to date on all of our programs and valuable leadership lessons. Ashkan Araf, thank you for being on Everyday Leaders. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Super excited. I pulled you in because I was watching you have a headshot photo shoot. Yep. And you were yeah. on the streets of so LA. random. So random. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. And we started talking and you started telling me what your journey is. And I said, oh my gosh, I've got to have you on Everyday Leaders. So thanks for letting me twist your arm. <laughs> Oh, I mean, even no twisting at all was involved. I swear, I promise, I'm here by my own free will. Uh, <laughs> this is so. No, but thank you so much. I'm really, really excited. Yeah, well, I love lifting people up that are on journeys that are learning about life and lessons. And I am a big Broadway fan. <laughs> we have so, yep. so many connections, and so I love to talk to people about what that experience is to, to try to create your own journey. Because if you're an actor. You really have to kind of meld into, you know, what those roles are, what those opportunities are. You have agents and they bring you into different things. But for what I love to get into your mind is how you get ready and how you transform and what you look forward to. Those are really great leadership lessons for people that are just doing things every day in routine that how they can change it up. Right. And your, your right, lessons. Totally. Yes. Yeah, so um, so tell me, I know that you just finished Avenue Q 
And yep. so I'm dying to hear because I love that. Uh, so tell me a little bit about how that production was, where it was, and, and uh, what you were doing in that. Yeah, so uh, for those of you who don't know, Avenue Q is a musical. They had, I think, a 16-year run on Broadway and off-Broadway in New York. Uh, and it's a musical with puppets about uh, coming of age. It's kind of like an adult Sesame Street. Um, <clears throat> and we did the production here in Los Angeles in the at the Group Rep Theater in North Hollywood. We did a month and a half of that. And from there, we went to Mammoth and performed five shows up there. I played Brian, which was actually one of the human characters. There, there are three human characters, and everybody else are puppets. And Brian is, in the show, a failed stand-up comic who's still trying to, like, <laughs> find his way. A lot of uh, parallels to, like, pursuing a career in the arts. Um, so that was, it was really fun to just kind of play this, like, lovable loser. so what did you learn about that character when you think about parallels right and you think like every role that you step into a little bit of that kind of teaches you something so what did you learn about this role so um spending time with brian brian i made him like um a lot of other actors that played brian in the past have made him very sad and usually you know uh a different type of actor that gets cast in that role. Somehow I ended up in it, and I, rather than being like a grumpy kind of like mad at the world kind of person, I was like, well, what if he's just trying his best? Mm-hmm. And I think that's all. That's what we all do every day. It's like wake up, put a smile on, or at least what we should strive to do, uh, no matter what situation you're in. Put have a smile on your face, make jokes, and make light of whatever situation you're in, because this is the only life you're gonna have. Why spend it? Um, sad and mopey and not not doing anything about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of the lesson I took with that is uh, always look at the bright side because it can, it's always worse for somebody else. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is. And, and it's so hard because as you're, you know, trying to make it in Hollywood and trying to, you know, be in roles and plays and theater and movies and television, you know, when you think about media production, it's changed so much and you're not that old, <laughs> but thinking about no, no. <laughs> the, the ways to connect to the things that you're really passionate about, you've tried theater and television and film. What do you, What is pulling at you right now as far as those media uh, areas? Um. I'm headed towards television and film per- personally, but theater is the most artistically fulfilling uh, storytelling medium, in my opinion, especially for actors. I always say theater is the actor's medium. TV and film is much more the directors, the editors. Like the, It's so much more artistically fulfilling for them because they're making everything. They're in control of everything. Uh, whereas on stage, it's all about the actors. You know, you can't, there's no cut. There's no, let's do that again. It's live in front of an audience. You, the audience is feeding off your energy. You're feeding off the audience energy. And every single show is going to be a little bit different because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, one night some jokes will land because this audience gets it. The next night those jokes won't land, but other jokes will. And you're like, oh, wow, they, they think this is funny. Cool. I mean, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. And you have <laughs> but, to uh, react to that. That's a, that's the thing that... Um, I think every actor brings to kind of our world, right? You see it differently because you can do the same thing over and over and over. And it's how people react to it that you go, 
what did I do? Right. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the magic though, is when you're just so like in the moment as your character and you're, you're going after your character's objective and what that character wants. And when you're so engrossed in it and a, something natural happens, that's different. And the audience reacts to it. It is, it's just complete magic. Mm-hmm. Nothing beats it. Mm-hmm. So did, nothing. So did you, from a kid. So tell me about your childhood and thinking about when you decided, hey, I think that would be fun to try. So I was from a very, very young age. Like I always kind of used TV and movies as a, as an escape for me. My childhood was was okay. I, my mother, uh, who's still here, she's the most loving, supporting, caring person in the world, and she always supports me no matter what. Um, my mother was fantastic. My father was great, but unfortunately had some vices that affected the family negatively. Um, and so because I was in like of a broken home, mm-hmm. TV and movies and these characters that people were creating, these actors were creating and the stories that they were telling were, were my escape. And I lived vicariously through these characters. And I was so like engrossed and I had like a vivid imagination where like I loved Power Rangers, something as simple as Power Rangers, right? Uh, I was obsessed with it and I would pretend like I was a Power Ranger in my living room and like I would fight imaginary people and I would say the lines and I would act out to like me getting hit even though there was nobody hitting me. Uh, that's kind of like the beginning of where I was like, oh, acting is kind of is where I should go. I'm already doing it by myself. Why not do it in front of other people and maybe uh, affect people in a, in a certain way? Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom put me in acting classes. I think I was like five or six, but man, I was so, I had so much stage fright. I, I couldn't even do it. And then the teacher told me to shut up one day and I was like six years old. And I took it so personally that I, I cried and I told my mom to like take me out. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and then I put acting on the side and, and uh, I'm first gen American. My family's from Iran. They immigrated to America after the revolution, uh, 1979. And being like from immigrant parents, they, they always want the best for their kid. And so everybody in my family were pushing me to be uh, a lawyer. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. So then completely changed course. Everything started to become about law. I, I started like reading the LSAT books in high school. I was shadowing judges and attorneys. I was involved with some like uh, DA cases in Las Vegas court. Um, and I was fully engrossed in that. And then I got to senior year in high school and my friend was like, hey, why don't you audition for the senior play? And it was a uh, high school spoofical. <laughs> <laughs> really crappy show, but it was my first thing, and I, I auditioned for it and got a role, and I did it, and somehow I, I it, the bug just hit me, and when I went into college the following year, I was I declared a history major, and I lasted I think a week until I was like, I I can't I I I have this burning desire to try acting. I don't want to live a life of what if. I don't want to wake up you know, 40 years down the road and in my suit going to my law office and contemplating like, what if I just tried acting, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'd rather live a life of what ifs than oh, or a life of oh wells than what ifs. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's when I made the shift and I was like, I'm going to do it. And I declared a theater degree, spent my four years studying it and uh, moved out here to LA. That's awesome. You think about, you know, the time when you just sat alone 
you know, if you think about and close your eyes and, and so what did that look like for you to tell your mom, you know, that, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to switch. I'm not going to live the dream. I know that, you know, it may have been their dream. It may have been something that, you know, you'll be successful. You're on a path of sure success, right. As an attorney in the United States. And so was she afraid for you? Would, what, you know, what was that like? Uh, I think a little bit. Yeah, it was it was an emotional day. I remember that day when I, I came home from from um, school and I sat my mom down. I was like, Mom, I got to tell you something. I have a passion for this and I, I, I feel like I need to pursue it. And I I really want your blessing because, it, you know, throughout my life, it's just been my mom and I. Mm-hmm. We've always kind of been there for each other. And I was like, I, I need your blessing in order for me to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think she saw how much love and passion I have for it. I think she saw it in my eyes and it was almost immediate. She said, I will support you. I will help you in whatever way I can. That's so wonderful. That was really, really nice. Other family members were not so nice, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. but that's fine. But you know, when you think about it and it was, you know, for leadership lessons, right? So many people say, well, I did this in my life because of the pressure that I felt from everybody else that was surrounding me or someone suggested I do this. And I was like, eh, I'm not so sure. But for you to make a decision like that at that age and know that, you know, being the first generation in the United States and saying this may be the, the um, secure pathway, but following your heart and following your dream and following your passion is going to help you to still become successful, but you're going to be happier on the inside uh, and then be able Mm -hmm. to live into the expectations. Right. And I'm sure your mother is so proud of just watching you and say, Hey, whatever that looks like, right. You're prepared for it because you're planning for it yourself and you're, and you're driving your success with the kinds of things that you take on. And, and so when you think about theater and film and TV, and talk to us a little bit about the differences in, um, you know, like theater is live, but trying to have an mm-hmm. agent, um, you know, for many people that might be thinking about doing this or changing into it. How does that look like, f- uh, you know, to connect to an agent, to connect to the right, the right environment? Um, what are your recommendations for that? So definitely, I think... Um any up and coming actor should look at the the market. There's primary markets, there's secondary markets. LA, uh, LA and New York are going to be your primary markets. And then like uh, Atlanta is going to be a secondary market or um, New Mexico is another secondary market where a lot of stuff are filming there. Uh, but they cast like the principal stuff out of the primary markets. Mm-hmm. But I always say, go to where you want to work. If if film and television is what you want, I always say L.A. is the place to go. Even though the competition is higher, you're able to just network. I, I, booked, a, I booked a job on a film because uh, I met a guy at a bar whose wife is a makeup artist who was working on a movie, and she asked them if I could audition. Mm-hmm. And like, it, like random stuff like that, where if you're not living in that market, you're not able to kind of network like that. Mm-hmm. And then... In terms of like looking for agents and stuff, um, the first thing if you if you're doing TV and film is demo reel. 
Uh, and the way you can build a demo reel, there are multiple ways. You can make it yourself. Like when you're first starting out, even like a self-tape, like put your phone up and do a monologue is acceptable enough. Everybody in the business understands um, kind of the, the hardship of the past for actors. You know, no, nobody's expecting you to have the, the blockbuster demo reel when you're just starting out. And, and nobody's going to knock you for it either. So definitely the demo reel and getting on. There's a lot of resources for actors as well online, uh, different casting websites that even the agents use. Uh, actors Access is the main one, which almost every single agent manager that I know is on there. Major productions will always post their, ca uh, their auditions on there. Uh, and it's free to create an account, and it's just they charge you like for this picture, this video, things like that. Uh, Backstage is another really, really popular, great resource. And the way I got my agent when I first moved to L.A., I went on Backstage, and they have like a, a directory of every single agent in L.A., and it tells you their submission policy. Some say uh, no unsolicited, uh, no solicited submissions or industry referral only. And of course, I would ignore those. But then I was just going down the list and, you know, blind submitting, sending them my headshot, my resume, my demo reel, and explaining to them like, hi, my name is Ash Connor F. I just graduated from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas with the BA in this. I speak Farsi. Uh, you know, I really look forward to meeting you. And a couple of them got back to me, and that's kind of that's how I ended up with my agent right now. So it's a it's a it's a lot of uh, grinding and self promoting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nobody's gonna hand it to you. You got to be out there shaking hands, be, meeting people, being nice to everybody. You never know. Um, you never know who's going to be in a position to help you in the future. Mm -hmm. well, and, and that's so uh, true. And that's, but, but that's with everything, right? So that's, oh, why, completely. that's why I think it's so important. Like you have to connect to that because you don't know where your next job's going to come from, what kind of role someone else may see it. And we talk a lot about mentors, right? People that can pull you up, that see things that have gone before you. And, uh, and, and they may see you as, Hey, if you tried this or if you connected to this person, right, you may have more opportunities. And so perfect for totally. you in, in this role. Do you have, have you connected to people that have kind of pulled you up like that as mentors? Yeah, I have. Um, a lot of my mentors, actually, I met in college, like my professors mm -hmm. that I kind of tacked onto. But uh, one of my professors who's still my mentor, I call him whenever I need advice on like a move to make. He even got me meetings with managers and agents, you know, because he's been in the industry for so long. He's like, oh, let me let me see what I can do for you. And he would like email like an old agent that he used to be with. And he's like, hey, I have a student of mine who uh, is moving to L.A. Would you take a meeting with him? And the, most of the time they're like, yeah, of course. So having that kind of like help and connection, especially in this industry, it's almost impossible to do it without help. Mm -hmm. um, having a good network and friendships, strong friendships to help you are very, very important because it's so easy to get burned. It's such a small industry. Everybody knows everybody. People talk. If you develop a bad reputation, you're not going to work. Mm -hmm. So simple as that. Well, and that's great advice because I mean, like that's for anything, right? That's for any job oh, that you have right. in life. <laughs> but it's, totally. I mean, it's some, I think some other jobs have a little bit more leeway. Yep. You know, like maybe some more like cutthroat things where they're like, oh, I don't care about their reputation. Can they deliver? <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas, in most industries, nobody wants to work with uh, somebody who's hard to work with. Mm -hmm. You know. 
a, a pain in the ass. Can I say ass on this? <laughs> you, can. you just did. <laughs> <laughs> I did it twice. You did. <laughs> no, but you know, the lessons are, you just have to really step back and say, what do I desire and how do I connect to the right people? And how can I, you know, push myself a little bit more connect to that next person because you never yeah. know where that opportunity is going to come from. And- and be true to yourself, too. Like, you, you don't be fake. You, people can tell when you're trying to kiss their ass. There has to be, like, a genuine uh, approach to it. Because um, people can see right through that. And if you're, especially, like, when it comes to acting and stuff, you're, your person is so important. And, like, sometimes that's why I love auditioning in the room rather than a self-tape. Because sometimes you book the job off your personality. Mm-hmm. Maybe like you and the casting director just start chatting about you're both from the same town and they, you say a joke or whatever and they like it and they're, they're automatically going to want to help you. Mm-hmm. But if you walk in there and you're so nervous about the casting director liking you and you're focused on kissing their butt, they're gonna, it's a turnoff. I always say it's equivalent to dating. Don't be too desperate because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. people can see that. Mm-hmm. Just being yourself, right? So yeah. as actors, so do you have um, yet, have you developed a brand or a particular style that people are, when they say, oh, this is what I'm looking for and you're the perfect fit for that? Um, I, I'm working on that, but branding is important. Any any advice I've ever gotten from other actors or casting people or stuff is when you find your brand, it's so, it's so much easier to market it and gear it specifically towards who you need to gear it towards. Um, but for me at this moment, it's more of, um, I'm kind of like everywhere, you know, FBI agent to the like lovable loser, (laughs) which, which honestly I, I, I'm enjoying the versatility because it, it does challenge me every, every role I've, gotten you know the next role is completely different Mm -hmm. tell me about so tell me about the upcoming role that you have you talked to to me a little bit about it in california but also you reminded me because i think this is exciting i saw this uh long ago when i was a little kid but you're you're getting ready to take on this role as nine of the living dead yeah uh we're doing a stage adaptation of night of the living dead uh here in north hollywood in california and oh my gosh it's so cool so Fun fact about Night of the Living Dead, it's public domain. So there's so many adaptations of the original film from 1968. But most of them are, like, done with puppets or they're spoofs because the film is kind of, uh, you know, it was great for its time, but it didn't age well. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And so this adaptation, though, is serious, dramatic, and spooky. That, that was the whole point of it. So it's really, really fun. And the director has incorporated so many different elements. Like there's a lot of TV anchor and radio stuff that she pre-recorded. And all of the TV news is going to be projected onto the stage in black and white and everything. And the design value is fantastic. Wow. I'm loving everything about that. Wow. I play a character named Tom. Where So this show is a bunch of us stuck in a house during the zombie apocalypse. That's the simplest way I can mm-hmm. describe it. And Tom is a young 20-something kid with his girlfriend who got caught up in it, and that we're all trapped in this house. And what's been amazing about this production, the director is so collaborative in the sense of she'll ask you what, what you think your character's doing for what reason. Like, if I move somewhere, she's like, well, so why, why would Tom do that? 
and she's genuinely asking. Like sometimes she doesn't even know. She wants she wants to figure it out with you. And so it's great to dive into like your character psyche and like in the world and be like, yeah, why is my character doing this? Mm-hmm. And the more wise you ask, the more authentic it becomes uh, moment to moment. Mm-hmm. Well, you become that character. So, you know, you, you have to become that character. And that's what I think is so amazing is when you step into that role. And how long do you have? So and you think of preparation, right? So people that do presentations to big corporate boardrooms, and they're like, oh, yeah, I put this together for weeks, right, to be able to present it and knock it out of the park and win it. So when you're doing this production, how long will this run? And how long do you have to prepare before you go do your first your first um, appearance for your first night? So each show is going to be a little different. Uh, like Avenue Q, we had six weeks of rehearsal. Um, this show was like three and a half weeks and we open this Friday, actually, this is our last week of rehearsal. We preview Thursday and then open Friday and we run for a month and a half. And actually they even added, uh, shows the week of Halloween too. So we got, uh, we got a good amount of opportunities for everyone to come catch it. That's So yeah, it, it just depends. And some shows will need more. Like I've been like eight weeks, which I think is a lot, uh, But yeah, it's it's different job to job. And the great thing about acting, though, is that every job is going to be completely different in terms of who you're working with, how the director is going to communicate with you, how your character is, uh, how the production is going to be, how much prep time do you have. Like some directors want more rehearsal than other directors, even in film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some some directors want to block it and rehearse before they start filming things like that. So it, it, it's very dependent upon what you're working on at what time. So for people that are thinking about, you know, oh gosh, I would love to try that. It's, it takes so much dedication and adapt, uh, adaptability and confidence within yourself. Because like you just said, if you're going into a different role, eight weeks and then the next three weeks and then the next 12 weeks, and you have totally different personalities that are guiding you or directing you and, and, bringing you in from these casting calls, you know, you've got to really be able to just kind of step up and say, if you're not confident in yourself, you're going to have a hard time, you know, kind of adapting to all of that. Totally. And also the industry, uh, if you're not confident in yourself, it's really easy to get to your mental health will be affected negatively for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, because it's a lot of a lot of rejection, and 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 what I remind myself and remind other actors too that it's never personal. Sometimes you don't get the role because your hair is too dark and it doesn't look good next to the other person they cast. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with who you are as a person or your acting ability. Uh, it's at the end of the day, it is a visual medium. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> when when they're creating this picture and they want like you know, oh, we really like you, but you're too tall. <laughs> and it's that's so out of your control and it's kind of a bummer but also like i understand and that that's why um i try never to take any form of rejection personally mm-hmm. so that's really important to remember too in this world how do you stay centered with that though because that's i'm sure that that's tough right you how many times do you go on auditions versus the jobs that you get so i think the the statistic they teach you i think is you go out on a hundred auditions, you maybe will get 10 callbacks and you'll book one. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, those, those are the, the general numbers. It's, it's endless, endless job hunting. Uh, stay centered, to, to stay centered, 
I think it's important to find what you personally love. Uh, your life shouldn't be completely centered around the business because it's still a business. You need hobbies. You need, you know, like something I do after every single audition, it's become a ritual for me. I go ice skating for like a half hour because I love it. And it just clears my mind. It's something that I enjoy. And it's, uh, it's become very ritualistic for me. That's kind of what keeps me, uh, what's it called? I'm having a brain fart. <laughs> Level-headed. Level-headed. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Well, it's important. Yeah, ice skating is the thing. Yeah, it's important. Those are strategies, you know, that everybody, even if you're just in a nine-to-five job, right, and you've got structure mm. and it's everything the same every day, it's still important, you know, those things that you prepare for and you don't get or you get rejected or you go to a business meeting and you didn't win win the deal, right? So having right. those activities to be able to say this is – you know, this is what I do. This is what centers me. Um, and it's really helpful. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, there's more to life uh, than business. At the, you know, business and being financially secure is important because of the society that we live in. But there's, there's so much more to life. You know, like love is such an important thing for me. Love everybody. Love the people around you. Open your heart to them. It'll make you feel better at the, uh, too. Um, find other things. Travel, experience. Talk to a stranger. Um, I, I like to keep things interesting. And for me, talking to strangers and people are so important because acting is just the study of human behavior and trying to imitate it. Mm -hmm. I love people watching and seeing somebody with an interesting walk and trying to mimic it and maybe taking that into another character <laughs> that I do. So, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you never know. And I've totally done that. I'm like, wow, what, that guy's walking really cool. I, I don't know what it is. But he has a strut. Let me try it. And then I'll use it sometime <laughs> you never know where you're going to use it right <laughs> you never know and that's you know and in terms of this this is kind of like what i equate to knowledge but always keep learning because you never know what 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 something you learned is going to help you down the road mm -hmm. man that's important knowledge knowledge is power knowledge is power because we think about you know, when I train on leadership courses, we always go back to like, what tied me into the things, the passions that I'm doing today? What was that thing that I did as a kid, right? So that's why I like to go back with you. When did you start it? And at five or six, and you get rejected and go, I hate this. But then you decide, like, <laughs> yeah. that's really something that is pulling me for some reason. And I've got to explore that again. And I think it's okay, right? The message from this podcast is it's okay to decide totally. that. I think that that's something I need to go try uh, and stick yeah. to it, right? And give it the full energy because it's hard. What you do is hard. 100%. What you do is really hard. And and so I want to know what's your biggest, like, this is what I'm shooting for, if it's television, if it's theater, if it's film. What's the, what's the like, goal on your list? So we can say in five years we come back and go, you accomplished that. <laughs> what's, your, what's your big dream with this? Oh man, that's a that's a good question. <sighs> Let me think about that. You know, for me, I mean, my my end goal always was just to to act, and I think my biggest goal will be that I I don't need any other day job anymore. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of my big thing, where I am financially independent all through storytelling, because that that is my main goal is to be able to tell stories and have an effect on people and. Um, you know, even if it's somebody's escape, like just how TV and film was my escape when I was a kid. If if I'm on a TV show and, and some kid who 
is having you know home issues or he's getting bullied at school or something and and he just wants to turn on the tv and escape and i I really hope that i can i can be somebody for that person Mm -hmm. and and help someone through tough times that's awesome so that that's kind of that's my that's where i'm headed hopefully that's a great goal so i have to ask you who who inspires you in your craft Ooh, I like that one a lot. There's so many. There's so many just talented, talented people. Uh, and sometimes it's not even in my craft that somebody inspires me. I love, uh, I just love artists. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my biggest inspirations, though, was uh, Andy Kaufman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know how many young listeners you have that might not know who Andy Kaufman was, but Andy Kaufman was a performance artist. Look him up. <laughs> that's the right. Yeah, look him up. Just yeah. Look, yeah, that's there you go. That's perfect. Look him up. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But he was so, so free. And he, and he always just said, like, even if he got booed, he was happy because he got a response. Mm-hmm. That, that's all he wanted was to elicit a response from people. Um, and that storytelling affecting them in some way, shape, or form. And man, that, he was, it was interesting. But yeah, that was definitely one of my most inspiring uh, performers I ever saw. My dad introduced me to the sitcom Taxi, which he was in, and that's how I learned about Andy mm-hmm. Kaufman. Wow. It, that I was... grew up watching a lot of old television. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, it was an escape, you know. So for many people that are listening to this that say, I, I have that, right? I connected to your story because so many times something that we're going through, it may be for many years, it may just be for a season, you know, something's happening or, or something's changed that they can't control. But thinking about those things that you did because of maybe it was ice skating and you started to watch the Olympics because of it, right? Or maybe, maybe it was something else creative, but uh, I think it's really important. The messages that, that everyone needs to hear are, that to staying true to yourself and, and just being able to live into that dream and not giving up, right? When you think about 100 calls, uh, 100 auditions and getting called back for 10, that's uh, that, that, that ratio is tough. That, that ratio is tough. <laughs> it's a, it's a, yeah. <laughs> it's totally. T- it's and, tough. And that, that's why it's important, though, to, to figure out what, you're, you're, like you said, find out your passion because nothing in this life is easy. And, and if everything is going to be hard, why make your life difficult doing something you don't even enjoy? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And do it early. Make the decision early so you don't waste a lot of your time, right? Right, yeah. And, but at the same time, too, like I think everybody has different paths. Some people, you know, I have a friend who doesn't have a passion. Uh, he's like, I just want to make money and travel with my girlfriends. And I'm like, you know what? That's, that's what you want out of life. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Figure out how you can do that. And that, that execute a plan. Um, so I think, I think it's, it's different for each person, depending on what they want out of life. Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes sense. I don't know. No, absolutely. <laughs> it, well, but that's, that's the truth, right? That's the center. That's the truth because it all influences us, uh, in different ways and, and wherever we are in our right. life. So, um, what great lessons. Yeah, because sometimes a passion doesn't have to be an occupation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe an occupation can fuel your passion. I know some actors that really don't enjoy television and film, but it, television and film pays a lot better than theater. 
And I know a lot of actors that use television and film to finance their love of theater. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll go do a, a movie and get enough money to pay the bills for six months and go do a play. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Brian Cranston, right? <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. I love Brian Cranston. <laughs> I mean, he starts in television and, and does some, some work, and now we just saw him on Broadway. And, and so I think it's yeah. really fun, you know, to think about where you are in your journey what you can potentially do, the opportunities that are out there now, because the world's changed, you know, with the internet, with YouTube, with everything that's out there, how you can get your message and your word out. And and once you click into your brand, um, you know, how much more momentum, right. That offers you in the opportunities. So, so. I mean, yeah, look at all these YouTubers that are becoming famous and, and what's important about each one that's becoming famous is that they're being themselves Mm -hmm. and, being themselves is enough because it's interesting. Everybody's unique in it, and everybody's drawn to authenticity. I think mm-hmm. I may be wrong, but that's my my belief. <laughs> uh, no. but, you know, like have you ever met somebody where you're like, you know, you don't vibe with them per se, but you also respect them because they're a hundred percent themselves. You're mm-hmm. like, I don't have anything against them. Like, we just don't mesh with each other, but. Mm-hmm. You still like them in a way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you met somebody like that? Absolutely. And, you know, it's the respect, you know, because you watch them and think you're living your dream. You're living who you are, right? You're living your right. truth. And and so you're right. There, But many, many times, you know, we forget that and we go through our days and think, I can't get along with that because I don't agree with it. Instead of, you know, appreciating us as individuals and knowing that, hey, you can also live your dream and live your journey and make those decisions. And so that's what I think it's so important is it just takes a little bit of effort and it takes the right mindset. And once you have mm-hmm. that, you know, you can do anything that you want in this world. So. Oh yeah. Cheers. And if you keep you. persevering, Denzel has a quote, um, you hang around the barbershop long enough, somebody will give you a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great closing <laughs> quote. <laughs> no, but, but yes. so true, right? So true. Well. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Ashcon, this has been really fun. I'm so glad that you agreed to do this. <laughs> I'm so happy you asked me on the, the most random place ever in the streets of Los Angeles. <laughs> the streets of Los Angeles. I know. I'm going to send our picture as we post this. I'm going to, the picture where we met on the street as you were getting your, your portfolio done. And, uh, and you know, that's what it is. It's connecting to people when you feel energy around, like, I want to know about your journey because everybody has something to teach, something, a lesson. Um, and, and I know how hard it is. Uh, you know, becoming an actor and following that passion. I know how difficult that is. So thank you very much for sharing your story with all the listeners, with Everyday Leaders. Of course. And I wish you all the success in the world. I wish I was coming out and I could see you in uh, the Night of the Living Dead, but we will get this out there to promote it so people can come watch the show. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we'll, we'll get together sometime soon, hopefully. Absolutely, we will. So thanks for being an everyday leader and keep inspiring the world. Thank you so much. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Hi, I'm Melanie Ake with Everyday Leaders. I wanted to invite you to join my leadership class. It's Life Strategies 101 where I'm going to take you through the everyday 15 laws of growth. 
It's an amazing journey. It's 15 weeks with me as your personal coach. Join me, everydayleaders.com, and sign up today.